Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives, although today it's not an episode of Meet the Creatives. Today it's me, Rob Johnson, the kid who makes this podcast, uh, being interviewed by Brianna Gable, who is the founder of the Living Creative Podcast. Um, I was honored and happy to take part in this. It was a great conversation. Um, I'll, just, I'll just let her do the talking. This is, after all, her podcast, but I just want to give some context. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, make sure that you give her a follow. Once again, that's the Living Creative um, Podcast. And her tag, wait for it, wait for it. We're going to do this live, live on the air. Here we go. I could do this. Multitasking. Come on, son. Come on. And her handle is at Brianna Gabes, G. A-B-E-S. Wow, I'm terrible at reading out loud. Anyway, here we go. This is the podcast. I love it. Uh, show Brianna some love. She's awesome. This is a fun one. Have a great day. Peace. No, no, I want an official red under carbonation. Do you want to get rid of my lay rifle? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Wait, jingle bells all the way. Hey, on your heels, y'all make that shake. Shake, 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 Got about three holes on my sled. I'm trying to tea Christmas day. Wow, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, I'm super stoked to talk to you because I'm slightly fangirling right now because I listen to your podcast all the time. That's so crazy when people say that. That, that gives me anxiety. Thank you. It's very kind of you. But whenever people are like, I listen to your podcast all the time, I'm like, hee hee ho ho. <laughs> like, what did I say? Right. I know. It's like, oh, people do listen. The numbers that I see from my stats are not just fake. They're real people. So I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. But your podcast is awesome. And I knew after I listened to a bunch of your episodes and just um, a bunch of your content, I was like, I got to I got to talk to this guy. One, because I think we're super similar individuals. (laughs) But two, we're going to be best friends. Yes. But two, like the content and like, just your ambition, ambition that comes through on all your stuff, like through your Instagram um, and everything. It's super inspiring. So I knew like, yeah, our pot and our podcasts, like our con our like topics are somewhat similar. So like, it'd be nice to talk to somebody who, um, you know, does for sure, this for sure. a little bit. Let's just jump right into your life in general. I like I'm to ready. ask this question all the time um, to every one of my guests because uh, I love getting the different answers. But when did you know you were a quote-unquote creative? Um, when did oh, that my, come to you? <laughs> this is my favorite story. There's a number of things. My grandpa was a land surveyor, and uh, there was unlimited like rolls of paper and stuff to draw on. So I was always drawing. He would give me these stencils, and both my – on. Both of my grandparents on both sides were very supportive creatively, both very musical. Um, but yeah, growing up, I, was, I got super into music as I um, got a little bit older. Uh, my dad's a pastor, so uh, like I, was, I would sing in the choir at the church. I used to like pretend to be like the conductor and like before I could even be in the choir. So I've always been super creative. Um, and then I got into DJing when I got a, a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of like beat a dead horse with this story, so you can listen to it somewhere on the podcast. But when I was younger, <laughs> I became obsessed with uh, the Santa Claus, like Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just saw too much creative potential with all the Christmas stuff in the basement. So I had a little bit of an identity crisis when I was a little boy <laughs> and uh, thought I was Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> that I can't, I'm just picturing that in my mind right now. Well, the thing is, it's like, uh, it would, it would be off season too. So it'd be super weird. So it'd be like July, it would be like July. And they'd be like, why is your kid dressed up like Santa Claus right now? He's going around telling people that he's Santa Claus. Well, number one was in the movie, uh, 
the Santa Claus, like no one believes him. And I yeah. was like too young to, to comprehend that like that wasn't, it was just like fiction that they made that movie somewhere. I was like, yeah. no one believes me either, Charlie. So let's get this <laughs> Christmas money and I'm going to make the North Pole my basement. But I did it in the middle of the summer because um, I, like that's when the like decorations were available. Yeah. Like, my mom did Christmas okay during the, the holiday season, but I would make the whole basement into my, the North Pole. <laughs> So you were like creative directing your life at a very young age. <laughs> I basically was making like an experience design, like, right? Uh, like an installation <laughs> in my basement. And and what's funny is that uh, just kind of like going from there. I know it's kind of a ridiculous story, but uh, don't worry, I've, gr- I've grown out of the face. Still really love Christmas. <laughs> uh, and then from there, I went on to uh, randomly get into DJing. My cousin, my cousin's best friend, was one of the biggest club DJs in Miami. And he would get records, like actual vinyl records. Yeah. So my parents caught wind of this, and they bought me like uh, like turntables. So I wow. was I was like, yeah, I was like a young kid between like fifth and sixth grade. So they got mm-hmm. me turntables. I'm the whitest kid ever. This is such a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Uh, they got me turntables, and I would get these records from like the biggest, um, you know, like Rockefeller Records, Jay Z, P yeah. Diddy, and and people always are re- super confused by my hip hop influence. Like, yeah. what, what's with the rap? Like, you're, like, out of, out of the left field, you just, like, also really love hip-hop, too. Right. So then, kind of, my whole life has been making these kind of pop-up things. So at first, it was the North Pole. Then I became a DJ. And then it became, like, you know, I wanted to be, like, the nightclub. I would, like, buy all <laughs> these lights and stuff. I kind of never grew out of it. I and love that. I had a good run where I didn't do anything, and I was a real normal adult. And then we, <laughs> I just got a new, uh, I just moved into a new condo. This is the first podcast for, uh, in the new condo. And, nice. Uh, and now there's in the basement, there's like an area for a man cave. And those, there's uh, already like Christmas lights up there. And like <laughs> there's like chairs. There's like a mini fridge. So you have a podcast called Meet the Creatives. You've been doing it for a while now. You've interviewed some pretty big names just in the design slash creative industry, like Paula Scher, Jemmy Millman. You've done huge live recordings as well in New York City, which yeah. I mean – slow clapping for you <laughs> that you. is like an accomplishment in itself just to everything you've done so far so what kind of made you want to start the podcast in general um it's funny that you mentioned debbie millman i uh when i was in school i was a terrible student and you know, everyone always but like speaking of parents everyone always you know my parents were always like don't say that don't say that i need to kind of speak my truth if this podcast is about like you know, your, your truth, I have to say, you know, the reality. And the reality was I was a really terrible student. Uh, yeah. I was, I was, I always kind of like, oh, in high school, I took like Photoshop classes and stuff like that. Mr. Karen was the guy who kind of got me onto all that stuff. Nice. Um, but I kind of haphazardly like fell into it. And then I felt very out of touch. And I saw the work um, by studios like Collins and Pentagram yeah. and all the, you know, the New York big leagues. It looked cool, but I felt very disconnected. And I thought to myself, I was in like, Ramapo College, which, mm. you know, unless you're from Mawa, New Jersey, you've never heard of that in your life kind of thing. <laughs> uh, it's a great school, by the way. And I really have realized very recently, actually, how much I learned. And uh, at first, it didn't all make sense in school. But going out into the real world and being self-sufficient now, taking what I learned, I learned a lot there. So I felt out of touch and I just uh, didn't know how to get involved. So I spoke to my teacher, Bonnie Blake, uh, Professor Bonnie Blake. I always say teacher. <laughs> I always have these dreams. I'm still stuck in high school. Like this recurring <laughs> dream. I just can't get out of high school. It's like my biggest fear. It's like, no. <laughs> high school is like not bad too. Like I wouldn't mind high school. Anyway, um, so I spoke to her. I was like, you know, I got to get involved. 
Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm in my junior year now. I went to a community college before that, and I really don't feel like this is, like, clicking. So how do I get involved? She goes, well, have you heard of the AIGA? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The American <laughs> Institution for Graphic Arts. Uh, yes. <laughs> and guys like Sean Adams and Debbie Millman and stuff. She said, you should definitely check that out. So at the time, I was listening to Joe Rogan and all these different podcasts. And podcasts mm -hmm. were still very much a new thing at the time. Um, you know, in terms of being like popular and the mainstream. Like right. my, when I told my friends I was in the podcast, they were like, what? Like, what, is that, what does that mean? Is that um, radio or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I find that? Uh, I still have a hard time finding it. But I started listening to Debbie Millman and I would always hear the sound of that. Like I would hear designers like um, Michael Beirut, uh, you know, Paul Cher, yeah. um, Sean Adams, Brian Collins. These are people that would, you know, go on to become friends and would affect my career. But at the time, I, I just like wanted to know more about them. And Debbie's yeah. podcast is very like thorough, but it's also like well edited and it's like ding. And that was it. Yeah. And that's that I hated the sound of that damn bell. I've told Debbie this <laughs> because it meant it was like the end. And then I would have to like go learn more and more about them. So I just kept right. taking it, you know, so I did. So like Michael Beirut, for example, I just like went on his website. Then I found Pentagram. Then from mm -hmm. Pentagram, I found from designers from Pentagram, went to go work at Huge. And I was just completely obsessed. And still at freaking Rampo College of New Jersey in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. Right. Uh, so one night I uh, decided it was the Christmas party for the AIGA. I had been paying for a membership. I didn't go to anything. I just couldn't bring myself <laughs> to do it. I'm the only person I know that pays like $11 or however much it is a month and just like doesn't yeah. go. Um, <laughs> like, it's intimidating. I yeah, get it's like, it. Yeah, but, it's like, but that's the equivalent of like getting on Planet Fitness membership. And not going to the gym like one time yeah, for like three a little months. Bit. It's a little yeah. weird. This Christmas party was coming up. It was like make or break. And so I, I was about to not go, which is one mm -hmm. of those moments I look back on in my life. I'm like, thank God I went. Meet the Creators would have never happened had I not gone to this thing. I probably would have like never been a designer. Wow. This was like my last chance. I was like, I don't give a shit about this industry. Prove me wrong. It's like that scene in the movie where it's like, if this is true, then show me the way. Right, and it, yeah. And I go to this thing, and I'm like, I was kind of begrudgingly going, and I hated it at first. And for like an hour, no one talked to me. And then I yeah. met these two people, uh, Louie and Lauren. And so they introduced me to a few people. So then nice. I'm like having a couple drinks. I'm like, this is, this is going really great. This is going really great. And all of a sudden... I turn around and it's like, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> and you know, I love, this is where, the, this is where like the Christmas through line. See, this is like magic, the way this stuff happens. Right. Like, I was obsessed with Santa Claus. And then there's this <laughs> magical Christmas party at the AIGA. We're, we're singing that song. I remember it still. All I want for Christmas is you. I still love that song because it reminds me of this day. And... Uh, I'm drinking, and I look around, and I'm like, I love it. This is going to be an amazing career. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And I turn around, and I bump into someone. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was holding Debbie Millman's shoulders. I was like, oh, my God. You're, so the only you person, like, you're the only person I know here. What's up? I was like, I oh love your podcast. Gosh. We talked. She was super cool. I just got really wildly ambitious and wrote Debbie Millman an email. I was like, I'm starting a podcast, and I need your advice on how to start it. And then at the bottom of this like long-winded, weird train wreck of an email, <laughs> I was like, and if you wanted to be on the show, it would be awesome. The next day at like 7 a.m., I get like a message like right away, like, dear Rob, this is so sweet. I would love to, I would be honored to be on your show. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> This I have is a podcast, happening. but it felt like 
I had never really talked about the story that much in detail. I mean, I've given my, like, you know, I've told my wife the story a thousand times. She's tired of hearing it. But, like, <laughs> I've never actually talked about this, like, on the air, so to speak. And what was crazy is that it felt like a scene in a movie. It was almost like, uh, at, like, the moment, like, my, like, lowest moment, my moment of, like, self-doubt. I just, like, went somewhere, got inspired, and, and just this incredible momentum happened. That is so awesome because I I feel like a lot of people are like that. This industry is really easy, especially now with social media and all this like dribble and behance and shenanigans yeah. that you can easily scroll through these boards and look at other people's work and just be like, I can never do that. Like I, I can never make something that good or like do hand lettering that well or be a good photographer like that. And you can get so discouraged and down on yourself. And it just takes that one moment of like someone to inspire you to just kind of like set it off because that is such a huge reason why I think the podcast, like the formats that, that we kind of run on um, are so important because I was in a very similar place like that. Like, you know, living in the suburbs, like working at a smaller agency and not really where I wanted to be at the age of what I what was like 25, right. I think. Yeah. But yeah, like it just took me to like listen to a couple of podcasts, yours included, and like follow some really inspiring creative YouTubers, um, actually all in New York, yeah. hilariously enough, um, <laughs> where I was just like, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to do something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. And I think it's so important that people share their stories and do that because like God only knows how many people meet the creatives has inspired to be like, yeah, I'm going to like go for that career or that job or, or something like that. Talking on the subject of like some of the big names you've interviewed, how one intimidating is that? Because obviously like, I mean, at least me, like I idolize some of these people. I would, probably be freaking out like oh my god what if I mess up and uh like how has that kind of changed you in a way being able to talk to these kind of like superstars of the creative world the biggest thing that I've learned about talking to all of them is that they're all we are all people who are vulnerable and um have shortcomings and have extreme everyone has you know extreme anxiety about not being good enough about you know, um, you know, we, we all, at the end of the day, day, we're all human beings and we all kind of put our pants on one leg at a time. And I kind of mm-hmm. find that to be really beautiful because I wasn't expecting it. Like I thought when I met them, it would just be like epic. Right. Uh, and then it kind of turns out, like, for example, like when I talked to Debbie, that was so early on in my career um, and she just gave me advice that was like like life changing. I don't even know if I know, know it like when when she um when she said it, but I, and, like, I remember like after editing it and kind of hearing it with like fresh ears for the first time, I remember like her, her advice to me was, was so profound and it just made me want to like cry. And I've had yeah. that happen before. I've just been like, wow, like I made that moment happen. I scaled that across the world and that's a beautiful thing and they're a beautiful person. So like when you look at it through that lens, the kind of the stardom stuff just seems a little bit like silly. But for the most part, like, I'd say almost every single guest that I've had in the show has been incredible and giving of their time. And the more you talk to them, the more normal they get. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we're so used to seeing these people, these like creative superstars uh, through a podcast or a book or a documentary on Netflix. And they're kind of in our minds become this, this like uh, superhuman. Yeah. And someone, like you said, like, 
you idolize or your heroes. And yeah. then when you finally meet them, you're not seeing them through that like lens of, of yeah. editing and, and stuff like that. And then that, that connection is able to happen. I think when you take that away and you meet someone face to face, whether they're your hero or not, you can connect on a totally different level. And then you realize like, Oh, they started out just like me, like, or yeah. they're, or they're mad like, short. You're like, Oh my God, they're so short. Right. Like I met Joe, like my, I've been such a Joe Rogan fan my whole life. And I like took a picture yeah. with him and he was like down here. I was like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> You're like, I like, didn't realize you yeah. were the short. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What is like one of the most rewarding, I mean, you've kind of already answered this question, but to so let I'm you so kind of. so long winded and verbose and all over the place. That's no, okay. it's totally fine. That's what this podcast is for. You gotta be yourself, kids. You gotta ride exactly. it out. Exactly. Exactly. flag. <laughs> but what's like your favorite part of doing this podcast like you're like you said what you're 100 something episodes in now yeah. I think you said yeah my favorite part I can tell I can tell you very clear it, it's the um I remember my my journey entering the field I kind of just told like the like the, the being a kid part going into that and kind of and then there was a lot of failure along the way I was like people always like me I'm a, you know I'm a I'm like I could definitely get myself in trouble like I'm a corporate PR nightmare I don't, I don't do well. I, when I, so when I started out, I failed a whole lot. And I remember it was devastating because I would tell everyone, and again, this is kind of about the communication thing with your parents. I would be like making it like this is going to be a long-term permalance, you know, mm -hmm. could turn into a full-time thing. And it would be like two weeks fired, two weeks let go, two weeks didn't extend the contract for some bullshit reason, but really got fired. Like a whole bunch of that. <laughs> And, uh, you know, looking at that in hindsight, it seems like it's not that big of a deal, but being in those moments and, you know, missing the last train out of New York City and crying into your halal on the side of the street corner as you just like got let go from your third job and you have to explain yeah. it to your wife and your mom and everyone wants to, everyone wants to say kind and encouraging things, but you feel like you're never going to make it like this yeah. podcast is for that person, the person who needs to find community and needs to kind of have that AIGA Christmas party kind of moment. <laughs> or maybe find somebody who they would go see and give a shit about in the first place. But they can have a place where they can listen to it and, and, and be like, that resonates with me. And, yeah. and I, I'm, you know, maybe they were thinking about staying up until 12 and maybe they, they listen to my podcast and now they stay up until three or four and push a little harder, go a little bit further and, and then get past that, that hurdle. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so it's about designers and creatives of all kinds and, it's gotten more and more crazy. I'm going to be doing like people from broadcasting and music and all that stuff. It's um, amazing. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you do that. Cause I think some people like listen to podcasts or, you know, like influencers or whatever you want to call them nowadays. Right. Um, you look at them and, and sometimes you wonder like, are they really, are they doing this because they love it? Or are they doing this because they want to be quote unquote famous or social media famous? And um, I feel like, especially the generation underneath us, well, this makes me sound old saying that, um, yeah. but that I've just seen that cause I have younger cousins and this whole want to be like known, yeah, but it's so nice to like, that. Yeah. yeah. And talk to the people behind the accounts or the podcasts or the shows and actually find out that, Oh, they're just like me. Like they did this because they want to inspire other people and help other people. And I think we need more of that in general, yeah. just everywhere. For sure. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you to wrap this shenanigans up, but cool. you can go as long as you want. I got time or whatever. It's all good. What is some advice that you would 
give someone, it sounds like who is, whether wanting to start a podcast or just wanting to go for their dreams. I mean, you kind of had these moments, but what are some um, advice you would give somebody who's kind of in that spot that you were like before that Christmas party? Yeah. Um, I think, I think I would look at the things cause I understand what you mean. Like it's weird to be, um, to be in a position, you know, like I have all this perspective now and I feel like I've really over the last year or two have grown up a whole lot. I mean, mm. my, my I, told, I told my wife to please stop sending me time hops from last year because it freaks my I freak <laughs> myself I freak myself out at how much has changed and how much I've learned and how stupid I was only just like one year ago. Mm -hmm. Not stupid, but you know, like naive, whatever yeah. the word is, lack of life experience, right. lack of like real shit going on. And I think about myself in college, and I must have been like you know, complete idiot. <laughs> but like. <laughs> I remember feeling lost and, uh, you know, everybody wants to have a thing. I say, mm -hmm. well, you make a podcast. They go, well, you want to make a podcast. I don't want to make a podcast. All right. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. How did you know what you wanted to do? And a lot of it is just following your intuition. What right. I would say to someone who has nothing going on, and I had nothing going on when I started this. I should be the fucking poster child for like, you know, sorry. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, like I, yeah. I, I could show you my college transcripts and you'd be like, whoa, I had a, I had a message, with, I had a, a private conversation with my dean uh, in my senior year of college. And he asked, because I was just like flailing in web design class, which is so funny because now I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> but he was like, do you even want to be a designer? I mean, I had nothing going on. So for, you know, mm -hmm. if anyone wants to make excuses, like, well, it'll never happen. Well, like, you know, have fun living in your glass half empty life. You're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. But if you're at that place where you're ready to like make a move and make a decision, just reach out to those people. In this case, like for like for this example, like, you know, reach out to those people and just be like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. My whole life, I've always wanted to work for this guy. I want to know about your story. Let's get uh, a coffee or I, you know, I, I have I've been working or I, and that even right there, the coffee. The fuck do I want to get coffee with you for? You know what right. I mean? Sorry, I curse so much. My apologies. I'll edit this out for you. <laughs> this is New York for you. This is the New York difference. <laughs> Typical New York. <laughs> but a lot of people say like coffee, but like for me, what what is the? I'm like Mother Teresa with this stuff. Like if you ask me to get coffee, like I'll probably go get coffee with you. Like I'm just like you right. know, especially if it's like in New York and it's like on the mm -hmm. way and I'm in town, I'll definitely do it. Ninety-five percent of people are not gonna do that. Right. But if you were to say, hey, I want to work for you one day. To take, it's been, always been my dream to do this. You leave out the part about the job. But you say, it would really mean a lot to me if you could look at my portfolio and, and help guide me in a way in, in which one day I could do this. Kind of like right. open-ended. Yeah. Mm, you're more, not expecting, yeah. Yeah, and people love talking about their practice, about what they do. Like if we yeah. get coffee – you know, what, what comes out of coffee? I'm going to meet you at some crowded Starbucks in the Lower East Side. We're going to talk for 15 minutes and you're going to give me a business card. And then you're going to be like, right. can I be on the podcast at the end? Like all weird. And I'm just like, no, it's just going to be right. like a waste of time. But, yeah. if you, but if you want to get out of it, you have to, um, there's a weird way of describing it. But I, I think that um, if you just break things down super visually and like stupid, it really like resonates with people. Mm -hmm. You ever watch like Planet Earth where there's like the bird of paradise it's like that one that like jumps around like this yeah, and it's yeah, got yeah, the little yeah. smiley face on it and it like moves all the stuff around. 
Right. And it's just yeah. like for days and days and days. It just kind of like flicks the, like it sticks out of the way and like it's like yeah. cleaning and then does this like big elaborate dance. Right. And it's like you got you got to like build your like your your stage because yeah. if there's no stage, there's no context. I don't give a shit. I don't I don't even care. And like right. I, and like I said, I be, I love taking meetings. But if someone just wants to talk, just to talk, there's nothing there. Right. But if you show me your amateur crappy photography pictures and I can tell that you're trying, yeah. I would totally meet with you. Yeah. And that's and the not biggest even that. thing. You have to just not like be transactional about it. Don't yeah. be transactional. This is from Cy Wakeman, one of the people who I love the most. Yeah. And, you know, professionally. <laughs> I love, you know, not like I'm in love with her, but I'm just saying she's like smart and I really like, you know, she's really good. If you're trying yeah. to work out the emotional stuff, I'd definitely recommend, you know, getting over your own BS. She's way better at this stuff than I am. Yeah. But don't be, tra- don't be transactional so that you can become transformational. And hmm. that, so just meet with people and talk about it and have conversations. I think like also too, to that point, like what you're also kind of describing, like show some interest in them. Not that you just want something from them. Like yeah. say like, Hey, I want to know your story and learn about what you do. And I think people are way more open to it's like, Oh, he's not just emailing me because he wants a thinking interview for this job next week. It's, Oh, he's emailing me because he's one interested in something that I'm involved with, but also interested in me and, and wants to kind of create like a professional relationship. And that goes like way farther than anybody could ever realize. Cause though you may not get that job that, that month that you talk to that person, maybe six years down the road when you're actually stinking ready for that job, you're going to, you're going to know that person and probably know more people in that same industry and they'll be like, Oh yeah, sure. We'd love to hire you. Forget the interview. Like, come on in. Here's your desk. Like, and there's nothing more embarrassing than when you are put on, take it, take it for me. The one with the connections, people say connections are everything. Like, remember this, this is like, if you walk away with anything today, just remember that me with all of my polished hair connections and all this crazy stuff that I have going on, connections don't mean shit unless you have the skills for it. Look, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm becoming good friends with Noemi Lacoste. We talked like pretty regularly on the DM and I had her on the podcast, and she's kind of been like a mentor to me. Heather Leupold, Francis Smith. These are people that are exactly where I want to be. I'm friends with them. It's cool. If I were to say, hey, can we meet to look over my portfolio? You can give some feedback on it. They would do it. You kind right. of just have to be like, hey, um, it's probably pretty obvious that I want to work with you guys. But, but I'm not, not going to waste their time. Right. But I'm I'll let them know. I'll be like, yo, just so you guys know. I'm coming. It's like I'm ready right. soon. Five yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. You've got to realize it's going to take a long time too. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing too. It, it, it's, this is a long, 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 long game for real. Yeah, 100%. And you can well, do a lot in a year, but and you yeah. can do a lot, a lot in five years. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. That is like super good advice. I love, I love that, that example that you just gave. I'm <laughs> telling you, I just give these dumb example, examples. But I love it. But honestly, thank you so much for coming on. It was great. It was Mm -hmm. awesome. I feel like I've like, you know, fangirled. Your ears probably hurt from me talking so much. No. Oh my gosh, please. I am the same way. I'm Uh. (laughs) uh, literally on my resume. It says I hate silence. (laughs) I do too. It it makes me nervous. Yesterday I was like nervous talking. It's like in Liar Liar where he's like holding his face and like trying to talk. That's me. Oh my God. This is reserved. I could go crazier. 
That's per no, seriously, be yourself. But thanks so much for coming on. It was a great conversation and I'm just super stoked that you were like, Yeah, I'll come on the show. So I was it. like, Cool, great, let's do it tomorrow. Humility, humility. I'm like, yes, tomorrow, let's do it. <laughs> thanks so much. Cool. Alright, thank you. Sorry, I'll see you. Yeah, I'll make sure. Shout out three on my sweat. Oh, give me three. Shout out to Jingle Bells all the way. Oh, give me three. Got the bells all on the street. Oh, give me three.